0: Hey guys, uh, it was really good seeing some of y'all this morning on Zoom, I think, well actually I know, we're going to have another one next week for those of you who missed it and we can just all see each other again and uh, hopefully get out of our boredom. So yesterday I did not record, so today I'm going to read you ch- two chapters, chapter 4 and chapter 5. Uh, you can't see right now, but I have Kiba in here with me and uh, he's excited to start reading. So, before we left off, uh, Noah was at the zoo. He went to go see Mr. Talltail, and Mr. Talltail handed him a note. And there was a weird security guy running around, right? And he left because he was nervous. So, let's find out. In chapter four, a mysterious clue to a mysterious zoo. Hmm. Noah sat on a bench in a quiet part of the zoo. He glanced over. Both shoulders to make sure nobody was around and pulled Mr. Tall Tale's paper out of his pocket. Neat cursive handwriting covered every inch. All the letters were joined by smooth arcs and dots on the eyes were carefully placed. Through, though the ink was faded and smeared, he knew the penmanship. It was Megan's. There was no mistaking it. Noah glanced around again. Still, no one was nearby. A wind swept across the zoo. Noah took a breath, gathered his courage, and read the page. It started in the middle of a sentence. Keep seeing birds in forests of flight exhibit that aren't supposed to be there. A bird chart near the entrance has a complete list of birds, but a few I see aren't even on it. Then, every few days, some of those birds aren't around anymore. On top of that, an old lady who works there keeps following me around, asking me what I'm doing. She's creepy bottom of the page was missing. Noah flipped it over. The writing at the top was too smeared to read. The words he could decipher began in the middle of a sentence around and the middle of a new thought. Can't write it down without feeling stupid, but I know what I saw. There's a hole with two, there's a wall with two holes in it. I think the holes are supposed to give the birds a private place to build their nests. They're supposed to be like cracks and crannies and rocks and mountains on stuff. I got curious. I found a bench near the wall and sat there for a while, pretending to read a pamphlet. After an hour or so, I saw something. There was a bunch. The page was torn. Noah flipped the page over repeatedly, hoping to find something in the margins. He dropped against the back of the bench and stared into space. What was going on? What did all this mean? Why had Megan been making trips to the zoo without informing the family? And how had a linger got hold of a page of her diary? Noah's first instinct was to tell everybody. An adult at the zoo? But Megan had been suspicious of the zoo worker. And hadn't he just had a strange encounter with the security guard? What do all of this mean? The leaves fell around him like colorful snowflakes. He was stunned and confused. I don't get it, he muttered. I don't get it at all. But one thing Noah did understand was that he had to act, and he had to act quickly. In two hours, the zoo would close. That would be more than enough time to take a tour of the Forest of Flight and perhaps to examine the wall with the unusual crannies and holes. Chapter 5, Investigating the Forest of Flight The Forest of Flight exhibit was in a building that stood 40 feet high. Because of its enormous dome roof, the buildings always made Noah think of a giant igloo, igloo. The walls and roof were made of the same tinted glass that was used on the windows of fancy cars. The exhibit was open. People could walk among freely flying birds. The moment Noah strolled through the entrance, the earthy smell of soil and tree bark invaded him. Trees and flowery plants filled the dome with fragrance and rich oxygen. Small waterfalls cascaded down rocks and threw mist into the air. The forest of flight looked and felt like a miniature jungle. Birds soared overhead, and a variety of sounds echoed off the walls. Water splashing, children laughing, streams rumbling, and birds chirping and squawking. A poster with a chart was pinned to the wall near the entrance, displaying pictures of 50 different birds, just as Megan had described. Noah stopped for a minute to research the chart. Halfway down, he recognized one of the birds and gasped. It was. It had a blue body, a bright red bill, and an orange belly. Without a doubt, this was the tiny bird that had flown into his room. The chart said it was a malachite kingfisher named Marlow. Marlow, Noah said aloud. He looked at the treetops. Marlow, are you in here? He headed down a misty path where enormous umbrella leaves draped above him like a live green ceiling. Droplets of water plopped on his shoulders and the top of his head. Around him, a variety of birds perched on branches and steel beams, while a few floated on the streams and ponds and other pecked at the seeds on the ground. Looked more bored than hungry. Noah scoured the forest of flight for Marlow, but couldn't find him. His search led him to a concrete wall, the wall that had the holes in it, which was what he'd come to see. The holes were about ten feet up from the ground and eight inches across. They were dark, the kind of dark that someone would keep secrets in. Noah took a seat on the bench that Megan had written about. He folded his hands across his lap and under his breath. This is where Megan sat not long ago. The thought of her sitting here alone made him sad. Noah watched the wall and waited and waited and waited. Birds flew in and out of the holes. One had a beak full of straw, and Noah guessed that it was building a nest. He continued to sit and watch. An hour later, a voice announced to the loudspeaker that the zoo was preparing to close. Within minutes, people had cleared out of the forest of flight. Noah was alone. If something significant was going to take place, he thought it might be now. More time passed. Except for the chirps and fluttering of the birds, the building was silent. Now that Noah was alone in the building, it seemed larger than ever. Through the glass walls, he watched the sky dim as the sun fell into an autumn slumber. Noah began to worry that he might be locked in the zoo for the night. Suddenly, a tiny bird swooped and perched on a branch directly in front of him. It had a blue body, a red beak, and an orange belly. Marlo? The bird cocked its head, first to one side and then to the other. He ruffled his feathers and blinked so many times in a split second that Noah couldn't count the blinks. The boy rose from the bench. Marlo. Do do you understand me? Marlow cocked his head back and forth and le- leaped into the air. He circled a clump of trees and landed back on the branch in front of Noah. Noah's jaw dropped. He glanced over his shoulder. As far as he could tell, he was alone. Alone with Marlo. This is really happening, he said. Marlow sprang off the branch and left it trembling. He darted through the air and disappeared into one of the holes. How did he bar those things? Noah wondered. He stepped forward, wrapped his hands around a rail, and locked his gaze on the hole, waiting. Come on, Marlo, he mumbled. The zoo's got to be closing, and I... Marlo shot out of the hole, etched another circle in the air, and landed in on an open branch. Noah's attention bounced between the bird and the hole. A minute later, another bird darted out. This one was green and yellow, with, with a green and yellow beak. The idea occurred to Noah that he should be taking notes the way Megan had done. He plucked a pen from his jacket and wrote on the edge of Megan's notepaper, Marlowe and Green Bird. A few minutes later, a bird with long wings emerged from the hole. Under Green Bird, Noah wrote, Bird, Long Wings. A fourth and a fifth flew from the hole. Noah simply scrawled the numbers four and five. He waited, keeping his gaze fixed on the wall and his pen posed on the paper, but nothing happened. He started to wonder whether anything more than this was going to take place. Five birds had appeared, but they seemed insignificant. All of a sudden, more birds shot out of the hole, each one directly on the tail of the bird behind it. They were flying so close to one another that they blurred together in a stream of colorful feathers. In a matter of seconds, hundreds of birds filled the forest of flight. They dived through the treetops, perched on the branches, and skimmed the glass walls. Their wings made so much noise that Noah dropped Megan's paper and plugged his ears. He felt as though he was in a dream, a dream that was at once strange and magnificent and terrifying. What's happening? He hollered. He closed his eyes and braced himself for what would be next. The birds flew around him, fanning his skin with mild gusts of wind, making him feel as if he were standing in the center of a tiny tornado. The experience was exciting and frightening. He didn't know if he could scream or panic and scream in delight, so he just screamed. Chirping, whistling, squawking, and cawing, the birds circled him and filled the forest of flight with their strange, musical chatter. Their feathers brushed his cheeks. Noah had no sense of how much time was passing. Several seconds, maybe minutes? He had become certain that he would be carried off, that the birds would try to squeeze him into the hole and into the wall and take him to some unknown place. But, a moment later, the noises stopped and the air became still. Noah heard only the gurgling streams and splashing waterfalls. He opened his eyes, leaves, and feathers floated around him like ash from a campfire. He looked up at the hole just in time to see the last few birds plunge back into it. As effortlessly as they filled the exhibit, they all exited. Those that had been there throughout the day went about their normal business, circling treetops and munching seeds, The hole in the wall the ordinary. A bird coasted out of it, snatched some twigs, and flew back inside. Wait, Marlo! Noah scanned the treetops. He saw no sign of the bird. Marlo, what happened? I— The sound of footsteps rose in the distance. A man with a ball-shaped belly plodded up to Noah, wagging his finger and saying, Young man, young man, what are you doing here? The zoo is closing. Excuse me? Noah said. He snatched up Megan's note and slipped into his pockets and his pants. You want to get locked in here? Come with me. Let's go. The man scanned the exhibit. Noah saw his eyes rest briefly on the hole in the wall. He put his hands on the boy's back and escorted him out the door. Once outside, Noah rushed toward the zoo exit. He was so confused that he felt sick. So much had happened in just a few hours. He pushed through the clutches of the turnstile, raced across the parking lot, and ran down the sidewalk next to Walker's Boulevard. At his house he dropped on the couch and sat almost without moving until his parents returned home. He spent the evening in a daze and went to bed before dark. Night fell, but he was unable to sleep. He lay in bed scanning the shadows in the half moonlit light that filtered through the window, thinking about the events at the zoo. His gaze happened upon his jacket, which he tossed into a chair. He saw something sticking out of his pocket, something he hadn't put there. He climbed on the bed, walked to the chair, thrust his hand into his pocket, and pulled out a piece of crumpled paper. This time, it was exactly what he expected, another note from his sister. During the commotion of the forest of flight, a bird must have slipped it into his pocket. He smoothed out the paper and sat on his bed to read it. When he finished, he clutched it to his chest and declared, I cannot do this alone. He knew he had to ask for help. That meant it was time to round up the bravest kids he knew. It was time to call on the Action Scouts. That leads us to at chapter six. Uh, Today's Friday, so I won't upload uh, the next chapters until Monday. You'll have a good and safe weekend. Miss Adams loves every single one of you.